It is Science Week. That's right. Uh, it's time for a bit of science. I mean, leading up to Christmas, you talk to Santa Claus, but in Science Week, you talk to one Dr. Carl. Good morning, Dr. Carl. Good morning, Mark and Caroline. Ready to rock. Ready to rock. Great That's how stuff. we like it, Dr. Carl. Straight down business, mate. Science Week. It's almost like your birthday, Science Week, isn't it? My birthday, when too much science is barely enough. <laughs> we were talking about everything from your favourite Aussie animal call to Blade Runner and an AI time machine and how we're using science to cure cancers. Oh, my God, it's great. What about the fact that Oppenheim is one of the biggest movies ever and it's all about science? It's all about, you know, nuclear mm. reactions fission. and stuff like that and fission. Yeah, and don't forget the other very big important science movie, Barbie, <laughs> who deals with the fact that booze apart patriarchy, it was a lot of fun. Yes, exactly right. Right, right. Hey, so, Dr. Carl, first question first. Have you ever had a question you can't answer? All the time, and the answer to it, I say, is I don't know, and I'll go finding, see if I can find the answer. And sometimes there is no answer. Like, we still do not know why the full moon, when it appears upon the horizon, is a lot bigger than the same full moon about four hours later when yeah. it's above you. Oh, right. my God, we still don't know that. Why? It's, a, it's that like right? an optic, optical illusion or something, isn't it? There's something going on, but we don't know what the... We, we do not have an answer. Mm. There are some things we don't have answers right. to, and that's one of them. This is a girly question. We mm. don't really know what causes menopause either, do we? I mean, we do. We know it's about ageing. But hot flushes and stuff like that, there's still a little bit of a mystery to the science world. There's a big mystery because there are some creatures that never undergo menopause and some that do. And also there's a lot of misinformation about the hormone replacement therapy. And it turns out that in the overwhelming majority of cases, that hormone replacement therapy can be good for you, not bad for you. So check with your GP on that. So this is just a straight... Back it, got, to it got a bad rap because they were overdosing mm. back mm. when they first started with it, but minor doses of it's apparently uh, the go. Um, and also, if you start immediately after menopause, it's much better than starting 10 years later. Yeah, oh, I okay. see. All, All right. right. Good to know. Good to know. There's a little tip there. Now, space junk, Dr. Carl, should we be scared? Should we be ducking every time we stand outside? We've got another round of space junk that's fallen over Melbourne. What do you reckon? Yeah. That was a very impressive piece. You know, the video shows it goes for about one and a half minutes. And luckily it didn't land on anybody. That was a bit of space junk from a Russian launch. I think the second stage, about 10 metres long, weighing 25 tonnes. But also what's the problem is stuff in low Earth orbit running into other stuff. And in the first six months of this year, 2023, the Starlink satellites, you know, the Elon Musk ones? Yeah. Mm. Mate, they've had to change their positions 10,000 times. Yeah. to avoid running into something with their oh. onboard Krypton thrusters. Not wow. twice or 10,000 times. So we're running at risk of uh, you know, collisions. And on about a dozen occasions, the International Space Station has actually had to shift its position to avoid running into something. And wow. on three occasions, we've only found out about it at the last minute, and everybody has had to put on a spacesuit and then go and sit in the emergency re-entry vehicle in case the space station got destroyed and, and, this, didn't, and then they got back in and kept on going. And so let me let me, let me me get this right. This is yeah. all man-made junk up there. 
some of it was made by women, so let's say artificial. <laughs> Boo the patriarchy, man. Get liberated, please. That's, that's right, oh, sorry, exactly. Sorry, all right. Thanks, I'm, I'm sorry, Dr. Carl. Right. <laughs> that's great. Okay, now, we're all watching the Matildas right now, okay, and we're all hoping our best. Wasn't it good? Oh, so mate, good. And just so good, so good. Does that, and so good the, the whole country's on board. It's the greatest Australian soccer team ever. But the science behind a penalty shot, Dr. Carl, if you're a kicker, is it better to kick to the left or to the right? Which way? Well, the point is that you cannot react in time. You are always, you and me, are living three-tenths of a second behind reality. So by the time that an image lands on your retina, and, you know, the beams of light land on your retina, before your brain is aware of it in full glorious 3D is three-tenths of a second. So what the goalie has to do is read the body emotions of the striker and, and then just make a guess. Yes. And sometimes you'll see them diving this way and they've, made, they've guessed right. And sometimes they're diving this way and the ball goes that way. They've guessed wrong. Yeah. They have to read the body language. There's just no time to predict the reactions. The, there's a delay of three-tenths of a second. The weird thing is that you can be talking to somebody and you can hand them, for example, a milkshake or a cup of tea while you're walking. And both of you, each of you, are three-tenths of a second behind reality. But because we've lived with it all of our lives... We're now able to compensate for it and act oh, like we're living in real time. <laughs> okay, wow. there you go. Okay. Very tricky if you're a goalie, though. And that's, well, uh, you can't fix it. That's extra credit to the Matilda's goalkeeper because she came out and had a shot as well. Macca, the Minister for Defence. <laughs> oh, wasn't she good? Wasn't Except she good? She uh, hit the fence post, but on the other hand, um, it did show how close the teams were. They were. It kept on getting what to about ten rounds or something. Yes, yeah, yeah like which I believe ten, is, ten the is the in, longest. That is the longest. That's one of the biggest. Yeah. That's one of the longest ones we've ever seen. Mm. Um, and yeah, just incredible. Hey, so before we let you go, though, tell us a bit more about Science Week. Why is Science Week important? Why do we need it? Um, for each one dollar you put into science, you get ten dollars. You, you get five dollars back, but it takes you ten years. So you're getting a five hundred percent return, but it takes ten years, and you get most of it around the nine and ten year mark. So if you've got a short term government that only cares about getting re-elected tomorrow or what happens in the next quarter, they they miss out on the big returns. And unfortunately, that seems to be happening not mm. just on a government level, but also in companies. Mm. Companies now report every quarter, every three months, which means they used to be able to have a project that would run for 11 and a half months and it would pay off at the end of that year. But now it has to pay off in two and a half months. So we're being forced into this short-term thinking. So science pays off, just give it time. Dr. Carl, always enlightened after a chat. Happy Science Week. Don't go too mad on the numbers, mate, okay? You've got to, you've got to get your that's rest right, in all That's all right. Pace yourself for Science Week. Pace myself for Science Week. Very good advice. Thank you so much. <laughs>